0: Hello, everybody. This is Janice Malone with Film Festival Radio Show. You are about to listen to one of our best of previously aired shows. But guess what? Stay tuned to this station because next week, same time, 12 noon, we'll be back with a brand new edition of Film Festival Radio with some brand new guests. So until then, have a wonderful rest of the weekend and even better week. So we'll see you next Saturday. Bye bye.
1: It's Film Festival Radio, the show where superstars and future stars happily coexist together. And now, here's your host, Janice Malone. The
2: Film Festival Radio and future stars together on the same show
0: Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone. I'm your host. I'm trying to keep things under control here for the next, oh, 55 minutes or so. Well, we are at um, Easter weekend. Some people now refer to it as Resurrection Weekend. And um, we hope that you are, if you're here visiting us, that you enjoy our city and Win some money. And also, if you're in between, take some time. Maybe if you want to go celebrate at a a church or a temple or a synagogue or wherever, you can do that as well and have some fun along the way while you're doing so. So, welcome to Las Vegas if you are visiting here for the first time. And you know, something was funny is that I know a lot of people who've never been here, never been to Vegas. And they, they often ask me, somebody just, actually, more than one person just asked me this the other day, well, what happens in Vegas when is Easter and, and religious holidays. What do people in Vegas do? I said, well, you know, for those of us who, who are, you know, of faith, we they got churches and synagogues and temples and such right here in Vegas. It's not just about gambling and casinos. Yes, it is a lot about having fun, but it is also a regular beautiful functioning wonderful city with schools and churches and you know religious places as well so i just find it so funny when people ask me that but anyway let me tell you about today's show here we have guests we always have guests and we have guests from uh the voice yeah the voice we they're still knocking them out there recently had the knockout rounds so we have two contestants uh one from uh Oh yeah, team, which one is that? Tiana, Tiana Goss is uh, now with uh, Chance the Rappers team. And we also have another contestant that she was on here before, uh, Ali. And she has made such an impression with all of the listeners and viewers out there. So she's coming back to, because she's still in the running. So she's going to talk to us about what's going on uh, with her portion, uh, I mean, her part of the competition that is even more fierce. And so she was a big hit with us. We had her on the show about a week ago. So we're going to bring her back to find out what's going on with her. And we also have two of the, the um, I'd say contestants, two of the cast members from a new reality show called Grown and Gospel. And it premiered about three weeks or so ago on the WE television network. And it's about uh, the young adult children of famous gospel singers. Yeah. So this is the next generation of uh, young adults from famous gospel singers. And so it's a cast of five. So anyway, we have two of them and they'll be joining us to talk about what it's like being a part of the new show, Grown and Gospel. And of course, we have our buddy, Chris Woolsey, will be joining us to tell us what is going on and what's hot at Redbox for this weekend and really for the whole month of April. So that's our show lineup. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will have our buddy Chris Woolsey on to tell us what's hot at Redbox. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, listeners. Bring all your friends, bring your relatives, even your dog, because it is time to pay attention. Pay attention. It is time for our friend, Chris Wolsey, the Senior Director of Communications for Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment. And he's here to tell us what is hot at Redbox. How hot are things for the month of April at Redbox, Chris?
1: Oh my goodness. It is so hot. I, I am sweating. And after the winter we've had, I'll take it.
0: Yes yes indeed so here we are we're in april and so how red hot is it going to be for this month
1: oh it's going it's going to be hot and it's so hot that we're going to start with uh, a brad pitt movie just a bit
0: mr hotness himself okay let's hear it
1: so this is a uh kind of a forgotten 90s title um from from old brad and company and this is called california with a k and um this is starring brad pitt uh, David Duchovny, obviously uh, from the X Files, among uh, California Cajun and a million other things. And Juliet Lewis from uh, Natural Born Killers. Yes. And uh, speaking of killers, it's about a couple uh, who are journalists and they go on a tour of serial killer sites. And lo and behold, one of the people in their group. Ends up being a serial killer.
0: Oh, don't you hate when that happens?
1: I know. Every time I go on vacation, I'm like, "Why did we invite this guy? Whose oh, idea was this?" Oh
0: my goodness! You gotta be kidding! That's the plot line. I, yeah, this sounds and like I fun. Re- I don't remember
1: this one from the '90s. Somehow this flew under my radar, but it's it's pretty fantastic. I got to tell you, uh, as a as a hidden gem, uh, California, mm-hmm. good stuff.
0: Well, the fact that they're spelling it with a K—that's that, enough, right there.
1: <laughs> let's let's
0: sit down and see this. And of course, I mean, it's Brad Pitt. I, who who cares? It's Brad Pitt.
1: Exactly. I would we'd watch him read the phone book, right? Oh
0: yes, definitely so. So okay, who else is hot Uh in Redbox? Well,
1: I think that there are a, a lot of folks that would put Liam Neeson in the hot category.
0: Yes, thank you. Oh so,
1: yes, he is. He is great. And, you know, as much as I love Liam Neeson, it's like the last 12 films of his have been, uh, you know, taken part five, six, seven, eight, nine and ten. But um, before the Taken franchise kind of took over his uh, career, um, he did a movie called Rob Roy with Jessica Lange. And this is um, it's another Scottish history um, film, uh, very similar to like a Braveheart. And uh, this was about a uh, real character, Rob Roy McGregor, who was wronged by a nobleman and becomes an outlaw uh, in search of revenge. And um, it's 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 phenomenal. I mean, if you like uh, historic epics, which. Uh, after thrillers, I think is probably my next favorite genre. Yes. Um, this is one you cannot miss. His performance and, of course, Jessica Lang is always great in everything. Uh, but this was really at the prime of both their careers. And um, it's just it, it's such a compelling story. And it's, you know, one of those beautiful sweeping epics. The, the uh, cinematography is extraordinary. It's shot in the Scottish Highlands. Um, It's a gorgeous film. So uh, if that is your cup of of, uh, tea, so to speak, then uh, I think you're going to love Rob Roy.
0: Well, Liam is just my cup of tea as far as acting and actor he's I don't care what he's in I just love it he could he, you know what as much as I hate minced meat pie if Liam Neeson said James eat that slice of minced meat pie I'll eat it with a side of frog's legs on the side I, that's just how much I love his work he's
1: just I'll be right there with you <laughs> and I'll throw some escargot on top
0: Ooh, but if Liam says eat it I'll do it yes I right will. I just Amen. love his work he's just fantastic so okay you got Brad Pitt Liam Neeson I mean, you, is there more, even bigger? There is
1: more. So this is like, I told you, Redbox is always star-studded. They've always got just so many great uh, celebrity names in these films. We've got another one, um, Mulholland Falls. Uh, I don't know if you like uh, noir crime thrillers, but like, yes, um, yes. you know, James Elroy, those kind of, um, those kind of films. I just love them. I can't get enough of them. And this is a, this is a great one. So Mulholland Falls is starring Nick Nolte, uh, Jennifer Connelly from, you might remember from uh, the Rocketeer and uh, House of Sand and Fog um, and Melody Griffith uh, in kind of a a forgotten uh, title of hers, but it's, it's spectacular. This is, uh, it's about a, a kind of a secret police force in the 1950s. And they were um, sent to investigate the murder of a young woman. And as they're investigating this murder, it it ends up that they uncover some evidence that that they come to wish that they had never turned that stone over. It's um, it's really taught. It's um and it's actually based on real events. There actually this this uh, crime squad was a real group in the Los Angeles Police Department um, back in the 1950s. And it's, it's a really interesting story, but it's, it's fantastic.
0: Is it, you know, that genre of film, is it in black and white or is it in color? Cause I love it when they were in black it's and in color. White. And, oh, it's in color.
1: Okay. um, this was from the, I believe it was from the late eighties, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, okay. Um, but yeah, it's definitely in color and um it's it's just really really well done the the everything about it the the cast john malkovich is in it uh chaz Terry. i mean it is what like loaded with stars and um yeah i i highly recommend checking this one out especially if that uh sort of la confidential mm-hmm. uh feel appeals to you you're going to you're going to love it yeah. michael Madsen, who we just unfortunately just uh
0: yeah uh, yeah. Uh-oh. there is something about Mulholland area, Mulholland Drive. Why does Mulholland always make the best, great murder mystery type drive? I know. What every time
1: I drive on it, uh, and I actually drive on it almost every single day, going between uh, the my office and my home, and I think of that almost every time I drive because it, it's such a beautiful drive, especially as you uh, head kind of uh, north towards the mountains. And um, I just think, like, every time I'm on it, I'm like, this is why it's such a big deal, because it just, it it feels mysterious as yes. you're kind of driving through the Santa Monica Mountains on it.
0: Well, every, it seems like every time there is a film circled or, or around Mulholland, it always is a hit with, you know, viewers and fans can never get enough of it. So. I'm sure as we speak, someone is writing the next Mulholland area or Mulholland totally. Drive. I'm yeah, sure that. Yeah. So, okay, we've got Brad Pitt, Liam Neeson, Nick Nolte, plus all the rest of those all-stars in that film. Who do we have left?
1: How about Nicolas Cage?
0: <gasps> oh, stop.
1: You know <laughs> that at Redbox, we love Nicolas Cage. We, yes. we often call working there, uh, you know, we've got a Cage match almost every single month because we've got so... Many Nicolas Cage movies coming down the pipe, and oh. um, so this is you know he's he's uh, does a lot of B movies, he does a lot of kooky movies, and yes. this is definitely one of his more interesting characters. But this is the one that he won the Academy Award for Best Actor, uh, Leaving Las Vegas.
0: Oh yes, yes, I remember. So this so is
1: um, him and Elizabeth Shue, uh from The Karate Kid, and this was kind of one of those films when. You know, both of them, while they had both had great careers up to that point, they they had never done a film uh, that I can think of where you went, oh, they're real. Act- they're not just good celebrity actors. They're unbelievably talented actors. And both of them, in my opinion, these are the best performances of their career.
0: Oh, my goodness. Nicolas Cage, please. He's just he's just the name says it all. That's all I can say.
1: Uh, Yeah, that that is very true. And, um, you know, he plays uh, a screenwriter who's basically trying to drink himself to death. And Elizabeth Shue um, plays a uh, prostitute in Las Vegas who they kind of befriend each other. And she's trying to trying to save his life, really. Um, But in, in the end, she. Um, just you has to be a, a friend to him and walk him through the process. But uh, it's a great film. If, if you haven't seen it or if you have seen it, it's time to rewatch it it's because the performance true. is just spectacular.
0: It's time to rewatch it. So we so we got we got Vegas, we got a prostitute, we got a struggling writer and alcoholism. Yeah, that's the recipe for Las Vegas. All right. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Much. That's true. So yep.
0: I can't believe you said you guys have cage matches. <laughs> that is so funny. Yep, yep. Oh, that's so cute. So, okay, tell everybody, again, how can they get in on all of this great movie-watching we're having fun with?
1: So Redbox has an amazing app. You can get it at any of the app stores uh, for your, your phone, your tablet, uh, your connected TV. Um, you can always go to redbox.com and cast to just about any device. But... um yeah, we've got we've got it all. And don't forget, with Easter coming, we have The Chosen, which is maybe the greatest Christian TV series of all time. And I know that's a very um, lofty title to give that series. But I have to tell you, as somebody who has has watched it all, it it really is unbelievably great. Um, and it, of course, um it is about the uh, the life and ministry of Jesus, and it's in season, th- I believe they're filming or just wrapping up season three right now, oh, wow. um, and we have season one uh, on Redbox, and I believe season two is coming shortly, but um, man, it's a great show. I can't say enough good things about it. I pretty much ugly cry through every episode.
0: Oh, that's so sweet. I, I like to hear when guys still ugly cry and they're they're not
1: ashamed <laughs> of
0: it. I I do. I just think this that I think is manly. I really do. Cuz it well, shows you appreciate human.
1: that. Mm-hmm. I'll take that.
0: Yeah, cuz it shows you're human and you're sensitive and you have a heart for compassion. That's so cool. That's so so cool. yeah, the chosen The Chosen, uh, okay. for Easter, it's a perfect fit. Definitely so. So okay, um anything else we need to know or just just Follow the instructions that I you've got to get
1: you started and then just mm-hmm. poke around. We've got a uh, a ton of other great uh, star-studded films. So just take a look. And as always, it's free. So never hurts to watch.
0: Never hurts to watch, especially when it's free. So as always, we thank you so much, Mr. Chris. And we will look forward to chatting with you next week. So have a great rest of your weekend.
1: You too, Janice. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Okay, we will do.
2: Bob, <laughs> bob,
0: We are back with more of the show here. So listen, uh, everybody's still watching The Voice? I assume that you are, because I know that I am. Well, if you saw the last uh, two episodes of The Voice earlier this week, it was battle. It was a battle for real. And that's exactly where they are in this uh, portion of the competition. They did the battle rounds. Some people went home. Some people stayed on. And one of the people who we thought, and she did too, thought that she was going to go home, is uh, singer Tiana Goss. She's 28 years old. She's from Los Angeles. And she was originally on uh, Team Nile's uh, team there, but... She thought that she was going to be all done when she did the battle around until Chance the Rapper says, ah, not so fast. And so Chance the Rapper grabbed her and put her on his team now. And I know she is just so thankful for that, which we're going to find out. So Tiana, of course, she battled it out singing. Girls just want to have fun. And she did. And she still is. So let's bring Tiana Goss on to talk to her about being saved by Chance the Rapper's Vote and what it's like for her to be on The Voice. So let's bring her on right now. This is Tiana Goss from The Voice. Well, good afternoon, Miss Tiana Goss from The Voice. How are you, my dear? I'm wonderful. How are you doing? I'm great. I was just looking over and listening to your music here and my stars, all of us, the whole world saw you battling it out oh in the battle rounds, and Miss Tiana won that battle round. Girl, you did it. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was such a blast to perform that song. It's such a fun song. It I is. had a really good time doing it. It really is. It's always been. We we can all of course think of Cindy Lauper for that one, but it's just great. You, you guys <laughs> did such a wonderful job. So hey, now I understand that you auditioned for season 22 and no one turned, none of the judges turned their chairs. How did you overcome that disappointment?
3: Yeah, you know what? When they didn't turn their chair, I was really, um, you know, it wasn't a good feeling at all. You know, I, I definitely felt doubt about it. Um, but during the audition, Blake and John Legend both told me that I should come back and, you know, I was to come back, but my teachers, and my teachers were like, this is a great opportunity. You need to come back. And I was like, you know what? A lot of people wish they had this opportunity, so I'm not going to pass this up. Um, and so I did and I, and I, just, you know, it was nerve
0: wracking, but, um, I'm so happy I came back and did it the second time. And so I understand that the judges gave you some tips and helpful information. So what are some things they they suggested for you?
3: So John Legend said that there was kind of a mismatch between the song I chose and the way I sung it. So um, this time around, when I picked the song, I wanted to pick something that was really close to my style of music. And I wanted to make sure I wanted to make sure that I was comfortable singing the song. Um, so, and that's when John Legend told me that there was a mismatch between the way it was arranged. I really tried to pick a song with a great arrangement and something that I just felt comfortable singing. And the song that I sang, Emotions, written by the Bee Gees, it's something that I've listened to my whole life. It's a great song. So I picked that song and I'm very confident about the song that it shows.
0: And to further speak of coaches. uh your current coach what are some cool things so far that he's told you
3: um so I'm currently on team chance now um but when I was with Niall he was just he's so encouraging and he's so invested in our team he truly cares and that's something that I really really love about Niall he reaches out we have the opportunity to reach out to him and you know making these hard decisions of, of who goes to the next round and who doesn't, you can tell that it, it it's hard, you know, seeing a missions is hard, but he's just had great um great words of encouragement. And Sam, you know, I just got to his team, so I'm still learning about him. And um I'm just excited to see how
0: things work out in this next round. So I I mean as we all know, just getting this far in the competition is an honor and a privilege within itself. But to be stolen by Chance the Rapper, does that make you feel even more extra super special with superpowers or what?
3: <laughs> it definitely made me feel great. It, it honestly just validates it. Like I'm supposed to be here and he recognizes my talent. And, you know, it felt awesome when I got, and, you know, I was close to leaving the stage and when I heard that button press, I, like just, if you watched the episode, I was shaking because I was like, I, it was Nerves, excitement, um, and it was just so validating. You know, he believed in me and
0: it just was such an amazing feeling. So cool. Oh yeah! Oh my goodness, that the voice is just intimidating. Even just watching it as a viewer, so
3: <laughs> you know, it it is a little scary getting on that big stage in front of these amazing celebrities. Not to mention the fact that it's playing nationally on television. Yes. And I try not to let that get to my head. You know, I just try to put on a great performance, even though it is it is pretty nerve wracking. I'm not gonna lie.
0: Uh, was this your first time being on national television performing? Um, this
3: is the first time that I've been on national television getting this far. Um, you know, I've had, I've had opportunities to, to do this. Um, but for now, like, the voice is like mainly you know that's
0: just the biggest platform I've ever been on, so it's it's so exciting to have this opportunity to be on the show. Well, you are definitely no stranger to overcoming obstacles. I understand that you have battled epilepsy and won, and uh, I'm sure you're a great role model for people who are also deal with epilepsy. So, have you had people writing you or contacting you who also have epilepsy, telling you how you know your your image and what you know? Your I performer. you know what.
3: I, it's something that I never really talked about publicly. I, I, only my closest friends know that I have epilepsy. And so, when I talked about it on television, I, I received so many messages, positive messages, and people saying thank you for bringing it to light and talking about it. Um, and it just it makes me feel so good that I'm able to, you know, show that. And it also feels good for me because I, I've met a community of people that are going through the same thing as me, and I never had that. So it's just been you know, I'm just so happy that I decided to talk about it because I was so close not to because it's, it's scary talking about your health and um but it's just been amazing the
0: feedback I've had and just it's it's just been amazing. That's so good to hear. So good to hear. Well, another aspect about you is that you are a teacher. Tell us about your teaching <laughs> life here. Yeah, I've been I've been
3: teaching preschool. Let's see. How many years? <laughs> like a little over five years, and uh, I love it. I had such a fun time, and you know, you know, there's we do a lot of things throughout the day, the day but there's a specific moment in the day. Which is called music and movement, and I, you know, that's my favorite big part of the day, of course, because you know I get to sing and have fun with them, and you know, and every day I'm learning. I'm learning from them. They're learning from me, and you know, they're so curious. They're so open to learning new things, and and you know, the kids, kids are like sponges. We teach them how to sing a song, and they remember it. And it's just you know, like watching. My favorite thing as a preschool teacher is beginning of the year, all the way to the end. You see them grow. And it's so fulfilling. It's like, you know what? I had a part of that. Like, you can spell your name. I helped with that. So it's just amazing being a preschool teacher. I truly, truly love it. And I love that I can merge my love of music and my love of teaching and it meets in the middle and it just works. So I love that.
0: Well, I I, I know they're quite young, but are they, any of your students, do they realize and see you on this big television show, The Voice, or are they still too young?
3: No, so I have a lot of um, parents um, from my job. And they, and they message me saying, you saw you last night? And they're like, that's Miss Tiana. Some of the teachers say, Miss Tiana. I don't say it. Some of them can't pronounce my name. But they say, I saw Miss Tiana on TV. So the parents do um, show, the, show the kids the show and it just means so much. And then, you know, I come into work and they're like, I saw you on TV. And I'm like, well, thank you. <laughs>
0: oh yes so cute. it's just so sweet it's so sweet that is so sweet it really is i i think i've gained 10 pounds from just listening to how sweet this is <laughs> but it is <laughs> little kids when they're that age are just adorable well okay. oh my gosh miss tiana yes you know i i work with two-year-olds so it, it's a handful mm-hmm. not gonna lie but they're they're amazing i wouldn't have any other way Well, okay, we're coming up here on the weekend. So what are your plans this weekend? Do you have a lot of uh, the voice activities that you can tell us about, you know, what they'll allow you to say or or what's going on?
3: So this weekend, I'm actually on spring break, which is amazing. I have a a good amount of days off. So I honestly, this time I'm spending writing and and working on my own music. Um, And, you know, just trying to focus on that because, you know, the voice is, It's so great. At the end of the day, you know, I'm an artist and I I write and I sing. And, you know, that's a big part of who I am, writing. So I'm going to spend um, this free time working on my own artistry and my own
0: music. That's that's what I'm focusing on right now. And lastly, this is one of my favorite questions that I like to ask contestants from The Voice is, how did you keep it a secret from your family and friends (laughs) that you had made it all the way? that was difficult i'm not going to
3: lie especially because you're gone for a long long period of time so people are like uh what are you doing and and i'm just like uh, uh. honestly i don't even remember what i said you know of course i told my mom it's like the closest people but everyone else that i took like that i talked to i honestly i was i wanted to tell them so bad <laughs> and i and i had to find excuses as to why i'm gone for a month and so oh my goodness, it was so hard. I wanted to, like, scream it out. And then finally, when I was able to release it, I was like, what? Are you doing it a second time? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're so excited.
0: Well, I take it that you obviously did not tell a lot of people that you were going to go back and try out for season 23. Uh, okay. Was, was or Is that the case? Or you just told one person? Or you didn't tell anybody? What, what happened? I'm trying to say that one more time. Did you tell a lot of family and friends that you were going to try out for season 23? Oh, um, no. I told my mom and my my um, immediate family,
3: my mom, my two sisters, and my dad, I only told them, but everyone else, they thought that, you know, they thought season 22 was the end of it for me. And um, so I came out and I said, I'm doing season 23, and everyone freaked out. Um, Say one thing to my family, and then it's a the wildfire. Everyone knows. <laughs> so the whole world I was. had to keep it under wraps. My family, you know, they let the aunt, probably aunts and then the cousins
0: know. And then, so I had to be careful with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's always fun stories uh, of how you've very talented singers from The Voice. And I love hearing your stories, how you keep it a secret. Oh. It's so funny and cute and such. <laughs> it really is. It so is. So, okay, Miss. Tiana, how can people reach you, say hello to you, cheer you on? What are your social media handles?
3: Yeah, so um, the majority of my um, are Tiana Goss, T-I-A-N-A-G-O-S-S. And um, I'm Tiana Goss on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube, and Twitter as well. yeah, you can find me in all those platforms, subscribe to my YouTube channel. I have a lot of covers on there. Um, give me a shout out on Instagram. I'd love to hear your thoughts and what you think of the performances. And if you... if, if, if. Okay, so right. You and you okay.
0: Know. okay, well, we got all of that. And uh, we're just happy to be able to talk to you. I'm so happy that you... You know, had the stamina and the everything, perseverance <laughs> to come back for season 23. That took a Thank lot. You so much. Oh, that took a lot. I probably would have still been sucking my thumb in the fetal position somewhere because I'm <laughs> <laughs> a whole year later. But you came back and here you are. And, you know, congratulations. And uh, we look forward Thank to you. seeing, you know, following the success of your career. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Okay. Well, we will um, check you out even further. So have a great rest of the week and weekend. Okay. Okay. Take care. Thank you. Have an
3: amazing day.
0: Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. with Janice Malone. Okay, thank you so much, Miss Sherry Shepard. We love your new talk show. We've got to bring her on. We are working on it. She was so kind to do that drop for us. So what? how long ago is that? Maybe a couple of years or so ago. I've talked to Sherry a lot of times when I lived in uh, Texas there. But anyway, uh, we're working on it. So before we move on with the show, got to tell you about a casting call audition time. Yes, I think I have time for one at least. Listen up, television producers are searching for not-so-typical families to star in their own TV docu-series. Now, what do we mean? What do they mean about not-so-typical families? Well, let's find out. They're saying if you have a big family with tons of children or multiples, like maybe you've got a family, got three, four, or two, whatever, sets of twins that kind of stuff. Or do people often think your family dynamics are unusual, extreme, or shocking? Do they do they often ask, how does that work? Are uh, another one. does your family navigate the world differently because of religion, beliefs, subcultures, lifestyle choices, or medical conditions? These are the type of examples they mean by not so typical families. So if any of that, fits you, or maybe if it's someone that you know that has a not-so-typical family, producers want to hear from you. So again, it's unique, not-so-typical family. So if you think that you have what it takes or your family, or maybe you have a neighbor or somebody that might fit this category, producers want to hear from you. And there is a website that you can go to, to find out all of this and what do you do and how do you do it and all of that. So let me get the official website for you right now. It is, oh, I'm wrong. You know what it is? It's not a website. It's an email address. What you need to do is send an email, your name, your telephone number, and tell the producers a little bit about yourself about your family also. And t- attach some pictures, at least three or four pictures. If you have any websites or social media links that can be used, send them that too. So what you need to do is, again, send your name, your telephone number, just a little description about what makes your family so unique attach some pictures, any website, social media links, and all of that, and email it to mysurprisingfamily at gmail.com. That's it. mysurprisingfamily.com. At gmail.com. Now, they don't have a deadline on here as to, you know, I would do it as soon as possible, but they do want to hear from you. And again, the email address is my surprising family at gmail.com. I mean, maybe you have this wonderful big family and you guys just maybe, you know, for Thanksgiving, you might go surfing or something. I mean, something unique about your family that's not typical like everybody else, how everybody else does it. That's who they want to meet. So, okay. If you have any questions, you can always email me, info at filmfestivalradio.com. And I'll be more than happy to send you whatever information that you missed. I don't think we have time for another one. If we do, I'll bring it at the end of the show. But anyway, we're going to take a break and we're going to be back with our next guest. So stay tuned. Hang on. Okay, that is the music, just a portion of it, of Gospel Great Grammy Award winner Fred Hammond. And uh, that brings me into our next segment here. And our next segment has two guests, and they are part of the cast of a new Reality show titled Grown and Gospel. It just started actually about three weeks ago on the We TV channel or network and also streams on all black uh, networks. So some of you may have seen it. Like I said, it's only about three, four weeks going to four weeks old. And the show is about the careers of gospel singers children, their young adult children, and how they are making a name for themselves in various genres of music, not always just gospel like their parents did. So we're going to have just a few seconds here, we'll be talking to Breanne, Brie Hammond, who is the daughter of Fred Hammond. As I said, we just finished hearing a portion of his song. And we'll also be talking to Jay Brooks. Jay Brooks is the son of Bishop Michael Brooks, and his dad is the founding member of the Popular Gospel Group Commissioned. So we're going to go right into it. Let's talk to both Breanne and Jay Brooks about being a part of the new show, Grown in Gospel, again, that airs on Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Pacific time on the WE TV network. So let's bring them on now. Well, good morning to Bree Hammond and Jay Brooks. How are both of you this early morning?
2: Good morning. Good morning.
0: <laughs> yeah. How are you? I'm good. I sound like I smoke a carton of cigarettes per day and I don't even <laughs> smoke. <laughs> But that's okay. Oh, <laughs> oh god. Um I mean, it's super early for me because I'm in Las Vegas, so it's like 6:35. But hey, I'm here. Oh, bless your heart. <laughs> you guys are so worth it, of course. Well, hey, let's jump right in here. You two are part of the cast of this new reality show that's really making a lot of headlines grown in gospel on the We TV network. Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern and Pacific Time. So whoever wants to go first, both of you are from famous gospel music families, uh, Fred Hammond and, uh, of course, Bishop uh, Brooks, Bishop Michael Brooks, founding member of the Popular Group Commissioned. So I was wondering, what did your dads, what was their initial reaction when you both told them, hey, I'm going to. I've accepted to be a part of this new grown and gospel reality show. What was that like? Well, I guess
2: I'll go ahead and say, uh, I was, honestly, I knew my dad was not going to be a fan of it because it's the generation he comes from and how he was raised. I I just knew, so I literally had to move, as they say, in silence until things had really solidified and gotten, you know. A for sure, for sure thing, because I just didn't want to risk it being like, you know, oh, I don't, I don't think you should do this. Um, So I, I, I kept it a secret as long as I could. And then by the time I told my dad, um, he surprised me a little bit in, in saying that he felt that it was something that I, um, or I'll say it this way. I perceived that he felt like it was something that I needed to do. Um, but overall, I still felt that he was probably not the most excited about it because this totally contradicts all of like how he was raised and the generation that he comes from where, you know, you just keep everything a secret, sweep things under the rug, don't necessarily deal with everything, and uh, take it to the grave. So I knew this was not in line with that for sure.
0: What oh, about you, Jay? Yeah, Jay, what about you? And, you know, so
4: my my pops was kinda like, he you do know, he he kinda let me do my own thing. You know. See, so we and Billy we a little different because of course I'm the boy, so it's four girls and one boy. So with me he kinda just like, man, whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Don't do nothing crazy but do your thing, like, right? you know. So my dad wasn't even tripping.
2: It was cool. Yeah. It was cool. Maybe it's a girl a a son and a daughter thing. That that might be the dynamic that makes a difference for sure. Right,
4: yeah. right.
0: Well, now that the show is out and it's being very well received, has the reaction changed with both dads or, or your entire families? Or how what's that like now that the show is doing quite well, it seems? Heck no. Nah. It's it's worse. My dad is not
2: this it, it's gotten worse. <laughs> Um, because the reality of like this, the aspects of my testimony that I'm sharing, you know, the truth is hard sometimes and it, it hurts in in many ways. So I, yeah, we are, we're navigating these uncharted waters. Um, and I would say that uh, from, from what I'm experiencing, um, at least my mom, I would say is a bit more relieved now that she sees how things are unfolding um but again because some of those hard truths are coming out in my uh, testimony it is it is I think rocking rocking my dad's world so y'all keep him in prayer because I pray with my daddy every day Lord help him help him Jesus help him he's gonna be Amen. all
4: right he'll be all right my dad' don't need Jesus He's still not tripping. He's kind of like, my dad's tripping about stupid stuff that don't matter. Like, <laughs> you just say, hell no. It's like, it's okay. Like, <laughs> like this, that's not a big deal. Hell no. Nothing don't big deal <laughs> Yeah, it's like, he, it's them kind of things he's tripping about. Like, he just, you know, that generation is day, they're about perception.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, they're
4: about like making it look how it's supposed to look. Like, fake it till you make it almost. Even if it's not hard mm-hmm. to get keep it together. And our generation mm. is about, it ain't all together. We, I'm telling you it ain't all together, and I don't care what you think because mm-hmm. I'm trying to get it together. So this is me.
0: Right. You know, so right. like you said, it's a gift of the Well, you sure. know, I, I grew up, I'm a PK, so to speak, preacher's kid for people who are not familiar with the terminology. So I totally understand <laughs> what both of you are saying. Believe me, I do know. But now, okay, so each one of you wanted to follow in your famous dad's footsteps as far as music. So, gospel—did it, did it? Does it have to be gospel music that you, the genre of music that you both are interested in, or what?
4: Um, well, I'll say I—I do all music. You know, gospel is where I came from, but gospel, more than any other genre of music, is a gumbo. It's fusion. It's Jazz it's blues, it's r and b it's like gospel music has influenced more r and b artists than r and b artists,
2: oh yeah,
4: you know what I'm saying like like we do all types of music, I think um gospel is just foundational for us, but I think you know um, even with I can't speak for brie but working on Bree's music and some of the things that we're doing together, it's not about gospel music, it's you know we are gospel you know what I'm saying we love right. you know, the message that's literally walking. But our expression and the things that we put out and the things that we're interested in, it's all types of things, Like we, I love country music. I love... So, you know, if you look at my catalog, you're going to see me doing all kinds of music. You're going to see me doing hip-hop. You're going to see me doing, you know, everything. So I'm not boxed in the one thing. It's like when you put gospel on stuff sometimes, even on the show sometimes they say, well, gospel music producer. And I get it because we're doing gospel you know it's it's called growing the gospel but really i'm just a music producer i do everything so no box
2: no box same here um jay is absolutely right my music that we're working on we've had i don't know how many conversations where we're balancing what we know the public is kind of expecting with what we have in our hearts to present to the world as far as um, the message that we we know God has given us. So it's that balance between how do we avoid the box, but at the same time, um, really represent our God and our faith in in the
0: best way. So finding that balance for sure. Well, having said that, yeah. now that we know more about that, you both of you are not going to be. Typecast, so to speak, in one genre of music. Let's go back again. How has that been with both of your famous dads? You know, do they prefer that both of you do the traditional gospel like the dads did, or what? I would say Mm -hmm. that my dad's perspective is.
2: If if I had to speak for him, um, but y'all feel free to ask him, <laughs> um, my perception is that he believes that he knows gospel music because he does. I mean, he's a legend. Um, he has changed so much in the gospel industry, urban worship and so forth. So I know that he's super duper like maximum confidence level in that space. Um, I think that because he's been doing that for as long as I've been alive, that he would probably uh, look to other sources for a different sound um, or a different vibe that would kind of venture outside of the gospel sound, like that churchy sound. So um, I think that his level of expectation for me is that he tries to... Keep things open and not put me in a box. But as far as his involvement and in being able to help me achieve what I'm looking to do, I think there's some hesitancy there um, as far as him being confident in helping me venture outside of the gospel sound, if that makes sense.
0: Okay. okay. Please,
4: Rob. Uh, are we still yeah, here? I'll add, I, yeah, I my dad. My dad only did gospel, and I always thought it was a mistake. From Interesting. a child, you know, what I'm saying like, uh from a child, I was, I was, I kind of had this thing like, man, there's so much more to do than only gospel." But that was his conviction, you know. They he uh, produced. I forgot the name of the lady name, but it was it was a gospel song. But B T was running it like crazy. So they actually like brought my dad, uh, Janet Jackson's manager, brought my dad to. Um, she had a show at Joe Lewis Arena in Detroit. And they loved him, brought him, you know, was like, hey, man, you know, we really want you to be a part of her next album. She would on tour, you know, all these things they wanted him to do. And the furthest he did was like a Christmas project with like, you know, all of the R&B artists at the time, Tommy, Tommy County, William Williams, <laughs> Boystown. But it was like, he never would do R&B or secular music. And I always felt like, man, that's a mistake. Like, we should be able to do all music. So for me... It was kind of a resolve for me. Like, I'm going to do gospel because I love it and it's in me. But I'm going to do everything else, too. So, you know, that that's intentional for me.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to try to squeeze one final question in here before they cut me off. Really fast here. Do you two recall how old were you when you figured it out that your dads were famous? Oh, shoot. I was a baby because well, then folk
2: made it very clear, his fans, I was like, oh, that's my daddy music, and that's, you know, that's my dad, and oh, my dad. So, yeah, no, I was probably two, three years old when I was like, oh, yeah, my dad is, he's a singer, and people
4: love him. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Nah, it took me a minute. I think, I think it took me, like, oh, you know, I was older. I remember, like, who I call Uncle John, like John P. Key, like and Alonda Adams, and all of them, and, like all being at my house, and my dad tells a story about us seeing BB and CC, who I really thought were like the biggest celebrities in the world. And so when I tell him, I was, <laughs> he laughed and he like he was running like, oh my god, there's a BB and CC, and he was like, you know, thinking like, you know, your dad is kind of a big deal too, but we ain't kids. It's just like, no, you're just my daddy. That BB and CeCe. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. It, it took me a while. It took okay. me to about seven or eight you know. to figure it out. Yeah.
0: Well, I just love the show again. It's grown and gospel, and as we can hear from you too, you've got your own paths chart it out and you're walking down that pathway again it airs thursday nights 9 p.m eastern and pacific time on we tv and it's streaming on the all black network so brie and jay thank you guys so much i wish i had so much more time with you we're gonna have to really do this again maybe season two how about that absolutely season two absolutely count me in well i'm gonna be (laughs) paying yeah i'm gonna be paying attention to the music charts for both of you Okay, we do have just a little bit of extra time left, and as promised, I'm going to give you one more audition notice here uh, before we sign off. Listen, if you are a fan of Password, the new Password, Jimmy Fallon starring and uh, Kiki Palmer, the host, they are looking for contestants. Yes, Password is looking for contestants. You'll get a chance to team up with a celebrity and hopefully win a lot of money. And even if you don't win a lot of money, you'll get to meet Jimmy Fallon and Kiki Palmer and you'll be on national television. That's not a bad deal at all. You know what? Password, I'm just seeing the notes here. It premiered all the way back in 1961. Yeah, and they've had different variations and versions of it. So we're, of course, in 2023. So now we have the Kiki and Jimmy Fallon uh, version of it here. So listen, if you'd like to try out for the show, if you're a big fan of the show, they have their own website. You can go to passwordcasting.com. Castingcrane.com. That's it. Password casting.casting, C A S T I N G, crane, C R A N E, dot com. You know what to do, they'll have all of the details. I been to the website. Everything that you need to know is right there. There's an application, there's everything right there. And they are looking for people nationwide. And that includes us, of course. So uh, go to that website if you want to be on and see if you get selected. Okay. Okay, thank you so much, Jay and uh, Brie, for chatting with us. Once again, you can see their show, Grown and Gospel, along with the rest of their cast members on the WE TV network, and also it streams on the All Black Network, Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern and Pacific time. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Film Festival Radio Show. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you to all of our guests. And everybody, have a very blessed and happy Easter weekend, and we'll see you guys next Saturday. Take care. Bye-bye.